Welcome to your PA Mentor Podcast. I'm Sammy Ngo, your host and fellow PA, and I'm here to help you navigate your way to a fulfilling PA career. At 26 years old, I landed my dream job as a brand new graduate right out of PA school without even realizing it, all because I had an incredible mentor who guided me through my first year as a clinician. My mentor completely changed my life and how I practice medicine. He didn't just teach me clinical medicine. He taught me how to love the art of medicine, how to develop work-life balance, how to avoid burnout, and most importantly, how to truly love and continue to love my profession. Because of him, I am the confident PA that I am today. And that is why I have made it my mission to help PA students and new grads navigate through the PA profession with advice, strategy, and tools to find your way to a fulfilling career as a PA. And with that said, my friends, it is now time to dive into today's episode. Hi, Erin. Hi, Sammy. So today we are going to talk about my favorite topic of all, negotiating. You are a master negotiator. <laughs> I am. I really am. I don't like to brag about it, but I really am. <laughs> I think you do too I, to brag about it. I do. I love to negotiate. <laughs> it's so fun. I, I, I literally negotiate everything, like my job, my photographer, my wedding, just any kind of services I do. So true. Yes. <laughs> so with my first job, I was able to negotiate my salary to $15,000 over the starting offer. Uh, that's a lot of money. I know. So I'm, let's talk about today. Yes. Do you negotiate? No, I'm such a wuss. I'm like super passive when it comes to negotiating. It just makes me uncomfortable. I feel like that's normal though, right? I feel like a lot of people just don't negotiate. I get like a, a kind of a high when I do it. I love it. It's like my favorite part of the job search. I don't know why. It's oh so my weird, gosh. right? Yeah. Well, I feel weird about negotiating. Like it just, uh, it just doesn't feel normal. Does it feel natural to me? I think a lot of women are uncomfortable with negotiating, well, compared to men at least. And I think that's why men tend to get a higher income. I read somewhere that men earn about 6 to 10% more than women do in the same position because they're just more comfortable asking for what they want. So, okay, so more money is good, but why else should I negotiate? Like, what else makes it worth it for me? Well, negotiation pretty much buys you time. So if you're considering multiple job offers, you need time to review other offers and see what other companies are willing to offer you. So then you can take those offers into consideration and use them as leverage. So that's why I think it's so important. Smart. Okay. So walk me through this. Um, so where do you start with negotiating? Okay. So first off, I want you to understand that negotiation should be an honest conversation. Be confident without being confrontational or aggressive. You should be respectful, be calm, and just have like a regular conversation. It's I mean, this is your potential future employer, right? So you don't want to be a douche. <laughs> don't be a douche. Don't be a douche. It's about coming to a mutually beneficial agreement for both parties so that you're both happy and that you'll want to stay at that job for like a really long time. And they want that. They want you to stay there, right? Right. But what about if you're nervous about them saying no and like rescinding their offer or like withdrawing their offer? So a crucial concept with negotiation is being prepared to walk away. You have to be able to walk away. So I know a lot of people come in there with their idea that this is their dream job. They have to land this job, you know, and that is not true. That's not your dream. You might think that's your dream job, but you don't really know if it's a dream job. And there's so many jobs out there that's going to offer you a ton of money and benefits. So don't have your heart set on one job. Just be able to walk away. And if you're not willing to walk away, don't bluff or they might just call you on it. Yeah. Yep. So we're going to start the negotiation. 
where where do you start? Like, what do you pick first? Well, there's a lot of things to consider. For example, you can negotiate your benefits, your salary, your CME, your license reimbursement, your schedule, shift differentials, and relocation expenses. All those are up for grabs to negotiate. Oh my gosh, that's a lot. Okay. What were the most important areas for you when you were doing your negotiations? For me, salary was one is huge. Um, right. PTO. So I have to have four weeks PTO because I need time for myself so I don't burn mm-hmm. out. Medical benefits, obviously, because, you know, I don't want to die. Um, <laughs> right. And yeah. a set schedule. That is huge for me because I am a creature of habit. I need a routine. I am not going to work, you know, different shifts all the time. I need a set schedule. So those were things that I had to make sure that they were willing to give me. Okay. So let's start with a salary negotiation. Okay. So before you even begin negotiating, you have to have a bottom line. So use the APA salary report to come up with an acceptable number. And that number is going to vary from state, location, and specialty. Right. So know what you're coming in with. And also, if you have extra credentials, like for example, if you're a dietitian or a diabetes educator, don't be afraid to ask for more because those are useful things that's going to help the practice and it's going to right. generate more income. Right. So it, it makes you more valuable as a provider. So, okay. And then what if their initial offer for the salary, what if they say, okay, it's XYZ, but you can also get productivity bonuses. Should I include that as part of my compensation? Uh, I don't know. I don't usually count on productivity. Ah, I can't say that word. I usually don't count on <laughs> productivity bonuses to pad my salary because they're really difficult to get. Don't you agree? Yeah. When I first job in the ER, like when they first offered me the position, um, it was a really low hourly rate and they were like, oh, but you'll, you know, you'll be able to make all these bonuses for productivity and patient satisfaction. But they actually only ended up being about an extra hundred bucks a month um, because they were so impossible to get. Like Mm -hmm. it was metrics. Yeah. It was terrible. Yeah. Make sure you don't count on those as part of your bottom line. Okay. As a new grad, so right out of PA school, mm-hmm. you actually were able to negotiate your starting salary to $15,000 more than what they initially offered. Like, I'm blown away. <laughs> Tell me about it. <laughs> Thank you, Aaron. Thank you. <laughs> it's so impressive. Okay. So let's go back. So I want to throw some okay. numbers with you guys, but understand this was eight years ago. So the numbers definitely changed now. So don't use these numbers. Okay. okay. So it was a primary care job in Connecticut and they initially offered me 75000 to start with two weeks paid vacation. And this is how I responded. They told me the offer and I just didn't say a word. It was via the phone. I stood in silence for about a minute or two, not a single word. Mm-hmm. And then he was like, Sam, <laughs> Sam, <laughs> Sam, are you there? I was like, mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And more silence. I didn't say a single word. Because that's part of your that's part of your negotiating. Correct. Strategy, it's right? a strategy. Yes, mm-hmm. exactly. When you yeah. stop talking and you're just silent for a few moments, they can feel the silence. This makes them feel very mm-hmm. uncomfortable as though they know that they're lowballing you. And right. after the silence, I just kind of sit back and relax and I ask, Is this negotiable? I said in a very firm voice. Mm-hmm. You know, and then of course the doctor he gave me a list of reasons why, you know, they can't pay me very much. They're a small business. And they tried to make me feel very small because they knew I was a new graduate. They pretty much told me I had nothing to offer them and that I was a liability and they have to do more work to train me. And I was like, yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> they were just very surprised, I think, because they weren't expecting this new grad to be so confident and they were a little shook by it. 
<laughs> okay, so after you uh, shook their world, what what did you do next? They asked me, well, what were you thinking? So I said, I want $100,000 and I want four weeks paid vacation. And he pretty much laughed in my face and said, no one will pay me that much money as a new graduate. And then I said, okay, um, thank you for your time. I really appreciate interviewing you guys. This is a great experience and I wish you the best of luck. And I walked away and hung up on the phone. And I think- Baller! <laughs> yeah, I think they were like, what the fuck? <laughs> At that point, like they already loved me. Like I interviewed right. them, they, like, they already had the heart set on me and they thought that I was going to be working for them. And then when I walked away, they were just, oh- well, was our offer Oops. really low? Was that, you know, yeah. and they start questioning themselves. So I got a call, like, I think like three days later, and they came back with $80,000 and two expectations. So they only went up like 5000 which is pretty much nothing. Right. So I said, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> I want $100,000. <laughs> I want four weeks paid vacation. Were you nervous? Oh, yeah. 100%. Yeah. I was like, shaking <laughs> the whole time. <laughs> but I didn't sound nervous. <laughs> they don't know I was nervous. Think about it. You are bringing something to their practice. When they're hiring a new, whether it's a new grad or just any PA, mm -hmm. they need help. They're stressed out. They have too many patients. They can't deal with the volume and they just want to make their life a little easier. And they knew that I would do that for them. So by working shifts that they didn't want, staying late, bringing more income to the practice, they knew I was worth it. All right. So how did it end? After two weeks going back and forth, we agreed to 90000 and four weeks paid vacation. So they broke it down to pretty much three weeks of PTO and one week for CME. Not bad. Yeah. So impressed. I okay. know. <laughs> so what about other money? Like what about asking for um, other money for like CME and for on-call, stuff like that? I asked for a Hippocrates and up-to-date subscription and they gave me $1,000 for CME. Now, I really should have asked for more CME money, but back then I didn't really know. Mm -hmm. I don't think I really understood CME because I was a new graduate. Sure. It's fine. You live and learn. Sure. But now I think I would have asked them for a lot more money than $1,000. Mm -hmm. And since they asked me to take call, I also asked them to pay for my phone bill and they nice. agreed, which is really funny because... In primary care, you're like, why would you ever take call? You don't. You right. never have to call in primary care, okay? <laughs> but they were like, well, if we ever go on vacation and one of our patients, you know, needed, oh, and they had a concierge service. That's what I, I should bring that up. Oh, so they okay. had a concierge service. And so if their patient needed something and they were sick or out of town, they wanted me to take call. They paid for my phone bill for an entire two and a half years I was there, but I took maybe like five calls and I was <laughs> oh expecting to be on call. That's why I asked for a phone bill. That's hilarious. Right. But, hey. No. Smart. Cool. Make <laughs> it smart. What other kind of things can you ask for when you're negotiating? If you work from home or have like a job doing telemedicine, you can always ask for a laptop or desktop reimbursement. And if your state has any kind of certain licensing requirement, you can ask for those expenses to be covered as well. For example, Nevada requires suicide training and bioterrorism CME. So those should be paid for by employer. You shouldn't have to, you know, take that out of pocket. Oh, right. also and DOTs. Those are important huh? too. DOTs, what? the What's driver. DOTs? Your DOTs, the driving Department license. of Transportation? Yes. Like, oh, you, know, you have to take those for Nevada? Correct. Oh. No, 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 not for Nevada. Just for to certify people for the DMV process. That's important too. I think it's a few hundred dollars for that. Yeah, but you don't have, like, there's not a lot of jobs that. A lot. No, there's a lot. Are you kidding? There's a lot for DOTs. For primary care, there's a lot, Erin. Oh, I had no idea. Okay, anyways. Well, I work in a prison right now, and so <laughs> nobody gets to get certified for DOT, okay? Yeah, so, okay. no. But as for that, DOT is important because it's expensive. It's not cheap. Okay. How much is it? I don't remember. <laughs> it's a few hundred. 
<laughs> well, okay, but other things like your DEA license, that's expensive. That's like 750 mm-hmm. bucks for like three years. Yep. State license usually runs between like 200 to 300 mm-hmm. every two years. And then like registering for your panry, that's Correct. a huge expense. Yep, absolutely. You should always ask that. Those are essential for your job. So it has to be covered or reimbursed. Okay, so one of my favorite negotiating stories that you've ever told me is the vacation time you got when you and Tate got married. <laughs> oh yeah, I yes. love that story. This is it's like a good one. one. <laughs> this is my proudest moment. So <laughs> I was working in a primary care clinic in San Francisco for about a year and a half at a time. Right, I was a year and a half in, mm-hmm. and I already took I think two and a half, three weeks PTO during the beginning of the year. And my wedding was in September and I was convinced I needed to have a three-month vacation for a honeymoon because I thought that once I had kids, this is it. I'll never travel again. And <laughs> so I asked for 12 weeks off for my job. Damn. 12 weeks because I really went a long honeymoon. And my doctor, there was three of them. They were partners. One of them looked at me and was like, Sam, are you kidding? I was like, no, I'm not kidding. And she like... <laughs> Who is going to let you leave for three months? That's unheard of. I'm like, why is that unheard of? I'm getting married and I want to make sure I enjoy my honeymoon. And this is important to me. I never asked for anything else. This is really important to me. And they pretty much like said, absolutely not. We're not having you gone for three months. We need you. I was working um, the night shift, the late shift. And mm-hmm. I was the only PA working from 5 p.m. to 9 p.m. So they heavily relied on me. So if I left for three months, they have to cover that shift themselves. Right. And they said, absolutely not. And... It was just, it's really funny because I think back about it. She looked at me like, what is wrong with you? And I looked like at the exactly. audacity. <laughs> yeah, and I, I was like, what? What's the problem here? Like, I don't understand. And we, uh, yeah. Like, this is normal, lady. And then she's like, Sam, you can have three weeks off like a normal person, okay? And she's like, but you already took your three weeks off this year. So you can have one and a half. We'll be generous. You get one and a half. And so I was like, no, I want full 12 weeks. And then, we ended up going back and forth for, I think, like four weeks, almost like three to four weeks. And we came down to nine weeks. So that was nine weeks I had total off. So it was six weeks for my vacation. Oh, sorry, six weeks for my honeymoon. And then three weeks for the beginning of the year I took off already. But they only paid for the four weeks I had. So the rest of it was unpaid. Okay. But they ended up giving me like a nice little bonus for my wedding present. So it was really nice. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, but part of your negotiating was at one point, I feel like you were ready to walk away, right? You were like, if you don't give me what I want, I'm out. Because what happened was they said, no, absolutely not. This is not going to happen. And I think it was her that said, we can replace you kind of like she made some comment about replacing me. And I'm like, okay, that's okay. And then she's like really surprised by that. And I was like, that's fine. This is important to me. I have never asked for anything. I went above and beyond as an employee for the last year and a half. And I'm an asset to this Mm -hmm. company. And they knew that because I was the one covering their shift. I made their life a lot easier. I saw a Mm -hmm. ton of patients. I never complained. I was never late. I took extra shifts when I needed to. And they don't want to stay. They're like older and have kids. They don't want to stay, you know, till 9 p.m. and take that shift. Right. And I was bringing so much business in and we had a good relationship. I just did everything for them. And they said. So they knew it was going to be easier to give you what you wanted than to like lose you. Correct. Try to replace you, hire someone mm-hmm. else, get them trained, get them up to the same level Correct. of productivity. Like it's just easier to negotiate and compromise. Correct. And that's a huge part of being a PA, I think, is if you mm-hmm. do a good job and you show that you're resourceful and valuable, they will do whatever mm-hmm. it is to keep you. And I think a lot of PAs are always so set on trying to find a good job with the great pay and they're always chasing money. 
that's that important mm-hmm. because if you find the right job and you love what you do, money will come. They'll offer you whatever you want. They'll give you whatever you want because they see the value that you have. Don't chase the money. Everything will come. Right. And if you get a job and you're not happy with the initial salary, um, you can always go back and negotiate, right? Oh, for sure. And then you'll have some time under your belt and you can point to your productivity and you can point yes. to how well you're working in the clinic and and use that to bolster your, your request for more money. Right. And so I also, if they give you a starting salary, let's say they like offer you $100,000 and then mm-hmm. they're absolutely not willing to budge, but they'll budge something else, um, other parts of it. Mm-hmm. If you want more, you can always say, you know what? Okay, I'll take the job, but I want to make sure that we can reassess in three or six months. Right. Let's have, let's put in the contract that three or six months, we're going to renegotiate the salary. And most places are like, okay, that's fine. Because they're afraid to invest in you initially because they're afraid that you're going to not do well. Right. So what about... What about negotiating things like relocation expenses? Oh, absolutely. You definitely have to do that. When I moved from San Francisco to um, Las Vegas, I wanted them to pay for my relocation costs. And I think they offered me like a few mm-hmm. thousand. And I said, no, that's not enough. And they said, why not? I was like, because I was living in San Francisco. First month right. and last month's rent. <laughs> so it's so expensive. expensive. Yeah. And the moving truck. So yeah. instead of having just give me like, oh, or $2,000. I said, no, I'm going to hire these companies, get the moving boxes, do this, do this. You know, you're going to pay this, this. And then it ended up being like 15000 instead of the 2000 they offered me initially. And then you just like took the receipts and they reimbursed. Is that kind of how it works? Yeah. So, but you did have to come up with some of the money on your own initially or? Okay. So I I did. Yeah. I had to come up with the money on my own um, for the first few, I think, I think they like reimbursed me up within a month or so. But I just kept submitting receipts every time. And then they looked at me, they're like, this is your rent? I'm like, yes. And they're like, you have no kids? You live alone? I'm like, yes. They're like, with a, <laughs> like a one-bedroom apartment? I'm like, yes. I'm like, what the fuck are you yes. living? I'm like, it's San Francisco, okay? It's so expensive. Like, you don't understand. I'm living in like, oh a really nice gosh. location. And yeah, and they pay for right. like two months, like I think three months of my rent because I had to cut my lease and I had to pay for like the lease. So right. all, like, all that comes into play because it's not cheap to move and the moving truck and boxes and driving a car and all that good stuff. Yeah. I remember when I got that that family practice job out in the middle of mm-hmm. nowhere, they actually had a uh, moving company that they contracted with. And so they actually just hired that company on my behalf yeah. to come load up all That's my nice. stuff. They like packed it all up for me and they drove it up there and met me at my address and then unloaded it all for me. So I didn't have to worry about any of that. So that was actually like a really nice uh, sort of perk that I didn't even have to worry about trying to find a mover. So um, yeah, so make sure to ask about that with any job because it just makes, we talked about with the interview, the getting to the job should be the least stressful part of any job. So, I agree with that. Okay. Sammy, what are we going to talk about next week? Next week, we are going to give the pre-PA some love. So we're going to do, I think, was it two or maybe three episodes for pre-PAs and then jump back to the PAs, right? Yes, of course. And if you guys have any any questions, please feel free to DM us on Instagram or email us. Yeah. Sammy, Sammy lives <laughs> for DMs, guys. So yeah. like, she would be so excited if you DM her. Anyways, if you have any questions and you want us to talk about a specific topic, we can. So I know this little topic is a little longer than we normally go, but I can talk about this for like five episodes, but Aaron said no. 
So exactly. I said, no. if you have any questions and you <laughs> ask these questions, maybe I can convince Aaron to go into more detail. You know what I'm saying? Right, Aaron? Uh, <laughs> we'll think about All it. Right. All right. Talk to you next week. Thank you for listening. Bye. Bye.